0: Greetings, we are back yet again here within the posh Blaze TV studios. Day two of two here for the Steve Dace show crew. We are heading back home to, uh, it's not heaven, it's Iowa. Uh, Shortly after today's program, I am Steve Dace alongside Todd Erzin and Aaron McIntyre. And we are joined today by someone who is going to be quite sick of us by the end of the day. Uh, Our colleague Sarah Gonzalez is here. She's going to be joining us for the Dace group in just a matter of moments. And then after this show... We are going to mosey over to her studio and be her panel on the news and why it matters. And then we are going to have to go catch a jet airplane to go home. So you're going to be quite sick of us by the end of today. I will
1: never get sick of you guys. I'm happy you guys are in town.
0: shucks. (laughs) I know you say that to all your fellow Blaze TV hosts, but we will blow it way out of proportion nevertheless. So thank you. (laughs) All right. Uh, Of course, I mentioned the Days Group is coming up here in just a matter of moments, as is Uh, Feedback Friday when you will get a chance to respond to us and then we will respond to your responses that and more coming your way on the program. But let us begin as we always do on a Friday with the day Group. Your weekly look at the week that was brought to you by our friends over at Tyga Coolers, who do a phenomenal job customizing a premium cooler for you. They recently did one for me for my upcoming nefarious film. I cannot show it to you, though, yet, because if I did, uh, the directors of my movie would hunt me down and hurt me, all right? So I can't do that yet, but trust me, it's really cool. You saw it, Todd. It's pretty cool.
2: Oh, it's more than pretty it, cool. It's
0: pretty cool. But they can do that to uh, for you. Uh, it's, it's tailgating season here soon, right? Aaron reminded us. Todd and I were deep in some introspective conversation before the show, and Aaron blurts out suddenly, it's 13 days until the NFL Hall of Fame game, right? Okay, so priorities exactly all right and so it's almost tailgating season got you know the son texted me while i was in dallas yesterday got the august football schedule so maybe you want to put your kid on your cooler you follow your kid around for the upcoming high school uh, sports season Uh, or you just want a really good cooler for the summer they can help you out over at tyga coolers and they are an american company with american employees lifetime warranty they do a great product these are cool coolers get 10 percent off when you use the promo code steve when you check out at tyga coolers Com. That's T-A-I-G-A, Tigacoolers.com, and again, use the promo code Steve for 10% off. So this week's day's Group is going to be a little bit of a different format than what you're accustomed to, but don't worry. We will still begin as we always do with Issue 1, Bleep Lord Nefarious
2: Says. So we really want to to, to to base our treatment and, uh, and to uh, affirm and to uh, support and empower these youth not to limit their participation in activities and sports and even uh,
0: uh, limit their ability to get gender affirmation treatment in their state.
2: I just read this book to
0: a grade one class and <clears throat> one of the students came out as trans. Um, staff knew she was trans and we talked to her parents last night about me coming in.
2: Uh, and they'd given it the go-ahead. And uh, it
1: was such beautiful proof that kids of any age are absolutely capable of accepting anything that they are taught with love. One of my students uh, felt safe enough to share his pronouns with me. And when he did so, once the class knew that I knew, they all switched pronouns. They're second graders. Like I'm torn between being really, really happy to be a safe space and just absolutely furious that an entire group of second graders has to keep this secret from not safe people. Why are kids feeling unsafe? And furthermore, why does everyone talk about how, how are the kids gonna understand? The kids understand it. Look, at this point, we don't need to
0: talk about whether or not an unwanted parasite in the womb of a female is considered a baby or not it's irrelevant let's talk about darwinism you know survival
1: of the fittest i'm not gonna be the one to disprove this theory right so if i get knocked up and like i don't want it boom darwinism you're gone we know naacp that our country has a history of claiming ownership over human bodies As America navigates a post-Roe v. Wade world, a staggering number of women are now considering permanent sterilization procedures. Following the Supreme Court decision, Google searches for procedures like tube tying or tubal ligation surged as much as 200 percent. I traveled to Austin, Texas, where I spoke with three women about how the latest abortion restrictions affected their decision.
0: Here at Women's Health Domain, a clinic in Austin, Texas.
1: My Dr. Tyler Hancock says his team has been fielding more calls than ever.
3: They're asking for permanent sterilization.
1: So permanent sterilization, tubes removed?
3: Yes.
2: So with that, uh, we just go to
1: our mantra. We ain't going back. <laughs> uh, we ain't, We are not. I guess I should correct my language.
0: <sighs> All right, let's get to it. Um, Sarah, ladies first, and you're the guest. All right, so you get the first crack at it. What was the worst of the worst this week?
1: I, all the pronoun people, I, I just can't stand, but they all start to blend together and look the same for me. Uh, and you notice all of these people who are pushing these things on children, they do always look the same. I think it's the demonic energy coming out of them. But I would say I i just really am fascinated by Kamala Harris's comments about uh, claiming that all of this overturning Roe v. Wade somehow has to do with claiming ownership over women's bodies, uh, claiming ownership talking about slavery, trying to make a parallel there. And I just find it so fascinating because when you get into the issue of abortion and you're listening to all of these women talk about how they think that they have the right to eliminate another person from this earth, that would be the argument here that you are the ones who are Mm -hmm. talking about Claiming ownership over someone else's body, and yet they just they 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 can't see it. They cannot see uh how crazy it is that they are talking about this when it is they themselves who are doing it. It's just it's it's fascinating to me.
0: Why do you think that is?
1: <sighs> I think that there's a lot of um there's a lot of women out there who have been fed a lot of lies about what a baby really is, and they really they really believe it. They've been told for so long by all of these older women before them who uh, they find to be much wiser than them that this is just a clump of cells. Right. And so they don't understand, uh, the as much as they like to tout science, I think they just don't understand the science. And so I, I truly do believe a lot of them have been brainwashed into thinking uh, that this is just... A clump of cells. I would say, you know, look no further than Preborn, which is an organization that I know Glenn partners with. Mm -hmm. And when these women do see the ultrasound, they do see the baby in the, you know, in the womb or they see the heart beating or whatever the case may be. They change their minds so much more of the time because they're actually seeing what it actually is. They've been tricked. They've been duped. They've been indoctrinated by all of these feminists into, into thinking that this isn't a human baby. So... I think that it has a lot to do with that. I mean, maybe that's just me being um, a little bit optimistic that it's just the brainwashing and nothing else. But it's just really sad to hear women talking about things like that, comparing it to slavery, comparing it to, you know, ownership of of someone else's body when that's exactly what they themselves are doing.
2: Mm. Todd? Well, it's always fascinating to think about whether Aaron intentionally did what he did or not you start off with the Frankenstein's monster imposter that is the doctor. And then after all of that, it's all women, Mm -hmm. real women. But you'd think when we got to the point beyond, this is what's so chilling beyond the crazy ideas that there's a timeless quality generation after generation we get too smart by half. We think freedom is getting uh, rid of the clump of cells, all, all of that stuff. But then when you see him full-on saying he's a her and doing it emblazoned with the insignia of this country, you'd think the women that would follow would be like, oh, hell no. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we, as we see, all the women that follow... Or like, let let me drink it from the fire hose harder. All that Kool-Aid. I want more, more, more. It is, like I said, it is chilling. As a father of four daughters. And you and I were just talking off air beforehand about, uh, you know, branding what a true woman is. The good, the true, and the beautiful. You think that should be the most cosmically easy thing in the world because it's so... Self-evident. Romans 1, we can't but not know. But everything, my children, your children coming up behind, our, our daughters are just having grenades thrown at them every single day, saying up is down, down is up. So the way Aaron put that together, the fact that it is all women not putting that fraud in his place, but are clearly celebrate. The Women's March has just been tweeting recently, but tra- trans, I can't even. How do you say trans? Trans, trans women, are women are women. I, I trans women yeah, are I, women. Whatever. I, I, I literally can't follow. Yeah, it. And I have a to
0: Yeah, I have decided to give up trying. <laughs> the Actually, I gave that up for Lent. It's. I'm, I'm Protestant. <laughs> we do permanent Lent, and I gave up for Lent trying to trying to follow that flowchart. I've just given it up permanently. <laughs> it's my sacrifice.
2: So the women's march. So we're just we're dealing with the orcs. Mm-hmm. You, these are not a group of people you can sit down and have a conversation with on any level. They are hell bent on chaos
3: yeah. Aaron maybe I'm just in a magnanimous mood today but and um, aren't you always always <laughs> you know I'm the millennial curmudgeon over here but no I, maybe I'm just in a magnanimous magnanimous mood but um, you know my answer is going to be a 10 it's a 10 always but I actually found that montage today and Todd just FYI no I didn't do that on purpose I didn't even realize it was all women until you told me afterwards uh, but we'll just pretend that I did that on purpose <laughs> um, I, I I actually found this somewhat encouraging. Hell always thrives when it works in the shadows. Hell always thrives. Now, we may not end up winning this fight in the end. We may not end up winning this fight. We may just be a nation under God's judgment, and we deserve it. But at least we can have a shot to win when they're just out there in the open telling you what they are, and they get a light shine shine upon them. Because what we heard was abject honesty all the way through. From the beginning, yeah, we're grooming your kids. Kids understand this stuff if they're taught in love. To the end, uh, we love killing babies. To the middle, uh, it's just Darwinism, baby. They're just telling you who they are. Mm -hmm. The canards are gone. They're wiped away. That's actually a blessing. Because now they're just telling you who they are. So for the rest of the culture, it's choose this day whom you will serve. That's really the choice before us. So, yeah, it's a 10 to, you know, preempt your question that I know is coming up. But it's actually pretty encouraging because all of that, it was just naked, unabashed honesty. Doctrines of demons are running the left in this country. Let's get to the exit question.
0: On a scale of 1 to 10, with 1 being the odds Joe Biden will still be in charge over at the White House this time next year. 10 being the odds that Lindsey Graham will be in charge at the manhole this weekend. Rank this week's level of total depravity, Sarah.
1: Can I just say first, I never get tired of the Lindsey Graham jokes. (laughs) I really don't. I don't know what it says. We do all this
0: serious stuff all week. (laughs) And every time someone comes on here, you, Jill, Josh, everybody... This is my favorite thing you guys do. I don't know what that means, okay? But we'll take it. Yes.
1: Uh, I would say nine because I'm always, I feel like if the last several years have taught us anything, it is that it can always get worse. And I always want to leave room for it to get worse. Not that I want it to, but I know that it will. So I'm going to go with nine.
0: Always good to leave room for things to get worse, (laughs) says Mr. Vinegar over here. What do you think, Todd?
2: I have no room uh, because I have to sit next to him every Friday when he does the Lindsey Graham joke. So 10. Aaron? 10. So I mentioned at at the top, we're going to do the Dace Group
0: a little differently this week after uh, issue one, because I did a series of of Twitter polls, kind of big picture Twitter polls of our audience halfway through the year on where people think we are in Western civilization, in uh, American history, what the belief systems of our audience happen to be and I thought it would be fascinating to, let, to, to react to these results as our audience tells us kind of who they are and what they think about where we are right now as a society. So here's the first question that I asked. I asked our audience, do you believe that we are living in the biblical end times? And I, I asked this question first and foremost because the last time you were down here with me, Todd, uh, was the first time you ever met Glenn Beck. Correct. Right? Do you remember this? Of course I do. And you and th- this is the first time you ever meet Glenn, and he comes over and says hello, and I introduce you to him, and literally two minutes into this conversation, all right? hey, Todd, nice to meet you, you know, ask you about your family. Yeah. He sits right down and says... You know, I've been taking a look at it, and I really think the rapture is going to happen. Soon.
2: <laughs> yeah, it was like we just went like right into it. Okay. <laughs> Hi, Todd. It's yeah, a pleasure. Yes, like, right. yes. Your work here yeah. now. Let's so you're go to of, the Book of Revelation. You're kind <laughs> of Steve Stu.
0: Great. All right. Anyway, when the third seal is broken <laughs> yes. and just sat down, we got into it. I know. It, right. All right. That's <laughs> like, literally like, what all happened. Right. All right. And then the next day, we had Glenn on the Day Screw as our guest, and we did the the traditional format with predictions at the end. All right, and we get d- and, and he does the last prediction. He goes. I think Jesus comes back by 2040. like, okay, all right. You know what I mean? It's just, and so I just thought, you're used to having end time. I know your default answer is I'm Catholic whenever this topic comes yes. up. But you know when you go to the Blaze Studios, it is time for you to talk about the end of days. That's what you do here when you come here, right? So here is what our audience told us when we asked them. Do you believe we are living in the biblical end times? When we polled this question on Twitter. 46.2% said yes. said that they were unsure, and 24.5% said no. So 46.2% of our Twitter following, and I'm talking thousands of people voted in this, okay? 46.2% said yes. 29.3% said they were unsure, which means they would at least be open to that proposition. Only a quarter in this poll definitively said no. These results from our audience, they tell you what? Aaron, I'll start with you.
3: You know, this is perfect because this is a perfect summation of how I feel on any given day because I ask myself this pretty routinely now, and it just depends on the day and really the time of the day or really down to the moment in the day, (laughs) Uh, whether or not we're talking about uh, tranny madness or at the end of the day, you know, Uh, Talking about something that's uh, a little more, I, I guess, hopeful, like Roe v. Wade being overturned and some of the good things that have happened and some of the some of the positive things that have happened at the grassroots level. This is a perfect indication because I can I can I can plausibly make the case and I've said this before. I'm in this really weird schizophrenic state where I uh, just bought my first AR-15, and I'm ready. I am ready for societal collapse, and I can see that happening plausibly within the next, you know, six to twelve hours at any given time uh, during the week or any given week. I'm also really looking forward to college football season this year, and uh, you know, the Hall of Fame game, as you uh, talked about just a little bit ago, because I can see it in God's character to when things are at their darkest to intervene. I can see that in God's character. It's also in God's character to allow people to be given over to a depraved mind. So, uh, and and in this case, what we've seen over the last year, two years and a half now, is uh, a level of depravity, both subversive and overt, on a global scale, with global collusion that we have never seen before. And that's what would just on any given day, that would tip my posture into, yeah, I I would say just looking at the course of human history. you know, I'm I'm still 50-50, 51-49 on this, but I would still tip into, yeah, we're probably living in the end times.
0: All right, before I go to you two, give you some extra time to think about your answer. And when I was on uh, Glenn's show earlier this morning, uh, he was talking about uh, Real Estate Agents I Trust, and he was mentioning they've got like a waiting list, I think he said, of 5,000 agents from around the country that want to get involved in this referral uh, service that want to be listed on there and referred to our massive audience here uh, uh, at The Blaze. And that just goes to show how important this kind of a service is. I mean, when you're dealing with uh, mortgage rates are double uh, what they were uh, at the beginning of the year, we're looking at a 15-year low right now in new mortgages. That means it's There are fewer new mortgages being written right now than there were in the aftermath of the housing bubble in 2008 when they really tightened the screws on who could even get a mortgage after that. So that just goes to show you how uncertain uh, the current housing market is. And it also goes to show you, though, how many agents want to get the Real Estate Agents I Trust seal of approval. So if you want to see the agents that have made it through the vetting process and are listed there, just about anywhere you want to move to or more than likely get away from these days, we can help you uh, over on the website, realestateagentsitrust.com. Again, that's realestateagentsitrust.com. So you go back to these results, and only a quarter of our audience on Twitter says they are fairly convinced they're not living in the end of days another quarter says they're open to it almost half say they firmly believe it at the very least todd don't you think this speaks to some level even as a catholic who was you know catechized and augustinian amillennial two kingdoms eschatology right in the in the in, in in the catholic church at the very least you can sense the historical angst and existential angst that our audience feels about the way things are transpiring on a civilization level in the West right now.
2: I can, but it is important from my perspective to evaluate it on something other than angst. We've mm-hmm. been, uh, the human history is littered with very troubling times. But as I've talked about on the show, the way I see it is I see the, what I've called the 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 entropy of history now collapsing in on itself. And in, from a biblical context, we are we have collapsed back to the beginning. While with abortion, as grisly as it is, child sacrifice is nothing new within human history. I agree, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. I mean, it's an anthropological mm-hmm. fact of history. Every human civilization has practiced some form yes. of child sacrifice, every single one.
2: But what's happened here, it, before Cain and Abel, the murder, the killing of the innocent, before that was male and female, he created them. That, and we are now back at that, and it's what we just talked about the the gender bending. While while there has always been a twist like that uh, throughout human history, it was always a red light district yep. or it was an obvious um, abomination. Right. And that's like in the movie 300...
0: Some societies may make that may call it a kink or a fetish. Yes. Others may call it an abomination, but it was never institutionalized no. as, as a mainstream notion, ideal, concept, belief.
2: And that's why my reading of history, that's why I, even a, a, as a Catholic, who's not as prone to going down the various rabbit holes of the end times, that scares the hell out of me. Because if this continues to be mainstream hmm. I think it is something truly unique in human history and that should make all of us as Christians um, have great pause about whether we are the generation to finally nuke this entire thing So
0: you see this as as something unprecedented which I I agree with I, I can't find a precedent in history I can find a precedent in history for almost all of our modern, uh, world, of course
3: war, world war ii there were clear-cut lines there were good guys and bad right, guys right this it was all just uh, a large cabal
0: yeah i i can't find a, a precedent in history for the gender stuff that we're doing right now like in all of human history but
2: putting it out and saying this is us i mean we, we've we got j edgar hoover and yeah. whatever he was doing but he wasn't live on camera you know in lipstick and a dress you know that we, we're doing that now and we're doing it not during adult hours either. We're doing it in the classrooms. We're doing it to our
1: kids. There's just no. We're precedent. doing it. On, we're
0: doing it on Disney. Mm-hmm. Yes, Sarah. What do you think?
1: You know, it's hard for me because when you mention, I can't think. This this is unprecedented, right? I try to think back. Uh, how many times throughout history have people said that before? Right. And it just keeps going. Right. Right. So I just think we just have such a it's so sensational to say, are we living in the end times? Uh, You know, my knee jerk reaction is to say, yes, of course. Can't you see what's going on right now? Uh, As you mentioned, we're calling men, women and women, men. We're teaching it to our children. We're talking about uh, excusing pedophilia in some cases. Of course, we're living in the end times. But when you really sit back and try to be objective and you go, "Okay, well, hold on. World War II, they probably thought that, Aaron, as you pointed out, uh, the fall of Rome. I, I mean, I don't know. There's mm-hmm. a lot that's gone on throughout human history where everyone was thinking the exact thing that we're thinking right now, which is this is unprecedented. This is, I mean, there's there's no way. This has to be it. And so I just it's it's hard for me, man. You know, I I, I would like to believe that um maybe we should be focusing more on what the Bible calls us to do, which is be building the kingdom of God, and I just, boy, have we fallen short.
0: At the very least, true or false, if the if we are not living in the end of days, and I and I, we on our show would not urge you to read what's happening in your culture and then interpret uh, what you think the Bible says through that. Do it the other way around. But for me, as some because of the way I need to, I need to grasp things logically mm-hmm. in order to believe them. I. I, I needed more than I just felt bad for my sins once in an event to become a Christian. I I needed to seriously investigate a lot all the other worldviews and I had to finally come to the conclusion I don't necessarily like all the answers, frankly, okay there aren't necessarily my favorite answers, but the only worldview that offered up a satisfactory, intellectually satisfactory, if not emotionally one, an intellectually satisfactory answer to why is the world the way it is, why are we the way we are, and what can be done about it, was the biblical worldview. It was the only one. It's the only one that logically made sense, right? So I need to logically grasp things. If you don't believe that the idea that that there would be a rapture type of event and after it was over the world would just completely gaslight itself and move on behind a unified agenda i don't know what, were you asleep the last 28 months i mean that's never been for me on a logic basis more logically understandable or achievable than what we've lived through under the last 28 months yeah. for example
3: beginning of march of 2020 i still in my mind under you know a premillennial eschatological you know framework i still kind of had hard time imagining how the world would you know just fall in line over one agenda by the end of April, I totally understood. Totally understood. Didn't even have to imagine.
0: So as an exit question then, true or false, if we are not living in the end times, we all agree we are building perhaps historically, or digging I should say, uh, perhaps a historically unprecedented civilization hole for ourselves. So if, if we're not living in the end of days, it will. We're talking great awakening kind of revival stuff, is what it is going to take to get out of the hole that we have. Like, like the kind of stuff three hundred years from now, our you know our descendants will be writing books about that kind of stuff. That's what it will take to get out of the hole that we are digging. That's that's the lowest stakes of of, of that, that are at play. True or false?
2: It's of course true because we are post-argument. We are the people of reason and science. Those people have totally abandoned reason and science. You can't have a conversation with them. So yes, it's revival or bust.
3: Aaron, true.
1: Uh, I would say true. And I would also add, Steve, just to also promote our vaccine special that we have coming up on Tuesday, you mentioned- Speaking when we were... of marks of the beast, in other words. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm feeling you. Uh, uh, I got you. I, you know, yeah. you mentioned that- we need to become ungovernable, which I know is something that you say often, but I would say um, true because the time was a long time ago to stand up and say no to this. Mm-hmm. We're past that time now, and mm-hmm. it's going to take something huge mm-hmm. in order to course correct.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: By the way, that we taped that special yesterday, and uh, I mean, I Daniel, frankly, just and I mean, I talk to him frequently. I've been working with him on a project daily. It's not actually... This project, it's part. this would be part of it, but I've been working on something with him daily for six months, and I was even blown away uh, by what he brought to the table yesterday. So that's going to air next week. It's called Uncensored, and I believe the promo code, if you're not yet a Blaze TV subscriber, believe me, man, we brought the receipts, okay? <laughs> oh, yeah. We brought all the receipts to this thing. It's a full 90-plus minutes, and uh, I think it's unsafe is yes. the promo code. I love that, by the way. Uh, the promo code for this one is UNSAFE, and I think you'll get uh, 20% off a Blaze TV subscription. And you do not want to miss this next week. And I got to tell you, if you would have told, man, go back and tell 2019 yeah. Steve Dace. I He's going to do this special. <laughs> I know. On Blaze TV, I'd have been like, guys, yes. this issue is like <laughs> marijuana for me. I, I, I'm sure you have real reasons why you think like this. I've got... 15 other things right now I'm trying to confront in this culture, and I just don't have the luxury to work my way that far down the list <laughs> to devote this much, this much attention to it, and yet here we are, okay? So, my goodness, I just, not what I thought I was going to be doing, but this is what happens when you become Alex Jones with Bible verses. Here we are, <laughs> all right? So, again, the, the promo code for this one is UNSAFE. If you want to get a subscription now for Blaze TV, that promo code's active right now. By the way, you don't have to wait till next week. That is active right now, but that special's going to air next week, and it's going to knock your socks off, I promise you. We'll come back. More of the day's Group here in a moment. So imagine you're this real estate agent in Arizona, shows up for work one day, and you're just, eh, just you know, the routine, check the old MLS listing and see what's new on the market, and yeah. That place looks familiar. Oh, wait, it's mine. That's my house on the market. I'm pretty sure I didn't put a sign in my yard. So what's going on here? Well, they found out the hard way that they are a victim of a very real crime known as home title fraud or home title theft. That's why you want to talk to our friends at Home Title Lock. Uh, They will do what your mortgage lender cannot do for you, which your uh, homeowner's insurance can't do for you. They'll put a virtual barrier around your most important investment, your own home. Uh, Because a lot of our titles these days are kept online, which does make them vulnerable to scammers and hackers who can then make it look like you've sold your home to them uh, and start liquidating your uh, equity for themselves, sticking you with the payments and the invoices, or worse yet, just take full possession of your home, like in the case I just told you about. Make sure you do your best for that to not happen to you when you go to our friends at HomeTitleLock.com. While you're there, register your address for free. See if you've already been uh, targeted for some chicanery and you weren't even aware of it at HomeTitleLock.com and get 30 free days of protection with the code RADIO at HomeTitleLock.com, promo code RADIO. All right, so we have a, a little different edition of the day Group here this week. Our colleague Sarah Gonzalez is here with us uh, as we uh, do day of two of two from the Blaze TV studios here down in Dallas. And and, and I, I did a series of Twitter polls kind of big picturing our audience Wanting to find out, hey, where are you guys at? What are you guys thinking, right? Here was question two. As we get to issue three, here was the second question that I asked our audience midway through the year. How would you describe your political philosophy? 45% said conservative. 37.9% said America first. 15.5% said libertarian. 1.2% said liberal. Todd, I'll start with you. What do those results mean? Do you think
2: they mean uh, that's why we lose? Uh, you know, it that's a product of big tent lies that we've been told uh, a long time. They're very much words that are bumper stickers that lead to meetings, going to junkets, buying books but in terms of efficaciousness ultimately have led to the very place where the four of us are sitting around just a couple minutes ago talking about whether these are the end times. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, it's funny. Back before we were with The Blaze and just Conservative Review, I remember ta- the awkwardness of talking about whether this word has any fundamental meaning before when the sign right behind us actually said, you know, that's what was emblazoned on. But that's, that's the problem we it we we just that we need something that isn't fractured like that to win this thing whether it's the end times or not that 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 is not uh going to cut it um because i don't even think people labeling themselves each one of those things will necessarily have anything close to the same uh reason we every this is the version of the current church whether you Whatever version you think it'd be, one of the uh, tenets of the creed is one. And we are not even close to that in terms of whatever our movement claims to be right now.
0: Are are you saying you think that the times call for definitions like Confederate and Union, Axis and Allies? Is that kind of what you're saying, that there's that level of clear... um, demarcation and within those two, within that, within the two sides on either side of that demarcation, there may be, um, a lot of individual differences, but you know, we're talking colonial or, yeah. uh, Patriot or red coat. Is
2: that what I hear yeah, you no, saying? Know what damn time it is. Yeah. And I know what time it definitely isn't. It isn't to see what happened with, uh, Obergefell. So to be fair, this isn't a criticism
0: of those who answered the question. You're, it's a criticism of my question. So I just wanted to well, state that.
2: Neither. It's just a, it's a criticism of our current reality. And to see what happened with Obergefell, the sprinting forward to this very point where we don't know what who's supposed to use what bathroom, what's happening to our children, no, and the degree to which forty-seven Republicans just connect those dots. It says, yeah, open season on marriage. Whatever. You know this. It it speaks to this. So
0: you we, think it's fellowship of the ring time is what you're telling
2: me. Uh, yeah. We got, some, we
0: got some folks from the Shire. We got, you know, we got we got Baromir. We've got the Ranger. You think it's like, you know, we got it it's, you know, uh mount up to go after Mordor is basically well, what well, you're saying. Well there's
2: that and there were differences therein. You wanna make an Avengers analogy the the, the 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 interesting part of creating that is how these superheroes got had to get over fighting themselves in order mm-hmm. to, to to beat the enemy. Yeah, we got we got we are way we, we, we don't even within those categories know what those categories are. I guarantee you you would talk to the 47% conservatives, the the America First and the libertarians. You're just within that libertarian ten, you know as well as anybody. You've been changed over your uh, life by arguments from them and then there's the whole wing of them that it's just, you know, dope and that, that 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 was chaos is what you saw right there in my estimation. All right, interesting. Sarah, what's your reaction to that data?
1: I don't necessarily disagree with Todd. Um I was looking at it and going, what would I even, which which option would I pick? I, mm-hmm. I don't even know that I could pick any of those options. I mean, my three years ago, I would have said, yeah, I'm a conservative. But it's like, well, that's also what, you know, Mitch McConnell and Kevin McCarthy would probably right. call themselves. And right. I, I don't ascribe to, you know, uh, their views. And Todd mentioned the 47 Republicans who voted to federalize, you know, same-sex marriage. And it's like, I don't, I, I don't even, I don't even do I share a party with these people? Like I can't fathom on mm-hmm. multiple levels, right? Not take, take same sex marriage out of it on multiple levels. It's like, they don't even understand states' rights, um, federalism, and we're here aligning with each other. I, I just, I I have a hard time doing that. And so I was looking and I'm like, I feel like I'm, I would say America first, but then I'm maybe one, uh, you know, bad policy decision in DC away from just, embracing full-on anarchy and i just so as i'm thinking (laughs) about that i'm like i I do think i would love to know what these people who answered the question what their definitions of these words would actually mean because i do agree with todd that i think the words have lost all meaning at this point
2: she just gave your definition of you're you're this Far from taking knee at the national anthem. Mm-hmm. That's what because yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, really. it's I mean, like, if we're going to be a country that you know, uh, there's no, there's no borders, no genders. Yes. Uh, there it is. No truth, no laws. I'm not standing for the anthem of that country. I've right. no. I, the, I'm not getting wistful at the waving of the flag of the, that country. I'm. I'm. I'm an enemy of that state. The I, that's an the, enemy state. I want to defeat that.
1: The law enforcement uh, agencies stand by while exactly. children get murdered. Yes. I mean, uh, like, what? What good is that?
0: I. I agree. So. So it's fascinating. We've asked the first two people have asked this about Aaron. They feel so uncertain about where we are as a society. We're not even comfortable with our own definitions right now. Where are you at?
3: Yeah, and, and notwithstanding that the word, especially the word conservative or conservatism, loses all meaning, especially once you enter the 202 area code. <laughs> notwithstanding that, I actually think the results are a little bit more complicated and a little bit more maybe encouraging than, than what we've heard so far. And I say that for this reason. So your audience, this is your Twitter audience, right, Steve? Mm-hmm. There were several thousand people who voted in this poll, so it's a fairly good cross section of your audience, I would say. Your audience has grown pretty substantially over the last two to three years. Um, libertarians, they always like they always like the crazy evangelicals, right? They always like the people who put fun in fundamentalist, right? Sure. The America First people, they really loved you, because I assume that's Trump. That's kind of the Trump nationalism. They really loved you uh, six years ago, didn't they? Absolutely, they did. And now that's more than half Still
0: reaping the rewards from that now, and Now that's apparently
3: more, those two groups combined are apparently more than half of your audience on Twitter.
0: Good point, yeah.
3: I think that's an indication of the Overton window actually moving to the right, that those groups of people are even willing to listen to people like you so i think that's a little bit more encouraging however I, I you know going back to todd's point though 10 years ago even when it comes to political philosophy we had the luxury maybe and probably 20 years ago is it better we had the luxury of uh, we've got chocolate vanilla strawberry uh no we have one flavor now and it's called defeating the enemy so yeah at the end of the day though regardless of an overton window shift maybe this is what this is indicating in in your audience or maybe a broader audience that's a great point too man um i i think that's kind of encouraging but at the end of the day todd is right we only have one flavor right now and that's defeating the left we we don't have time to parse over libertarian and american uh, america first philosophies if we truly want to take back ground for the left
0: all right exit question he has made some great points there um That's why you're on the show. Uh, Exit question. If MSNBC did a Twitter poll of its audience and asked them, how would you describe your political philosophy? What do you think would be the number one answer and why? Can I go first? Sure. Moderate. Wow. You think that the self-awareness is that dead? Like they drove a steak through it. Of course. It's heart. They cut off its head, stuffed it with
3: garlic. All right, and yet, and yet, Christopher Lee's Dracula still returns. I don't even think if MSNBC ran that poll, they would even allow an option for communist. That's how. Of the course, lack of, they would not. Yeah. That's yeah. how lack of self awareness uh, they have. Wow,
0: yeah. mm. I like that. Now, and I was, I was sad before, and now I want to because these people, these people,
3: <laughs> all of them to a T, think that they are the reasoned ones, the, the the people of reason, the, the ones yeah. who are the the people we've been waiting for.
0: Oh yes, Todd.
2: Mm. I still think they're pretty proud of the term progressive. Yeah. So I think that would be it. I hope your answer is right because Aaron's answer just makes me
0: yeah, want to crush, kill, and destroy.
1: I, I agree with you, Todd. I would say progressive or even I, I agree, Aaron, that they wouldn't say uh, they wouldn't call themselves communists, but they have taken a liking to democratic socialist at least because it's just they, it just hasn't been done the right way.
0: Remember when it was it, guys, it was just in the Obama years that it was pejorative. It was a slur if we called them socialists. And now they just own the term. <laughs> So there you go. All right, final question, big picture question we're going to debate based on Twitter polling results from our audience. Uh, We asked you, where do you think this is issue four? Where do you think America will be in 2040? All right, in 2040, 37% said even further decline. 30.4% said revival. 23.3% said extinct. So almost a quarter of our audience thinks this. <clears throat> Excuse me. And nine point three percent said about the same where it is right now. So, Sarah, I'll let you tackle this one first. What do you think these results say?
1: I mean, it's really depressing to read all of these. But um, I would say people are uh, people are pissed. People are upset, and yes. especially the ones that say extinct. Um, it's like what are we fighting for? Mm-hmm. If at the end of the day, we just think that- What are we
2: doing
0: here? Right, yes. right. Yeah. Like,
1: what, why are we talking right now? Yes. If all of this, let just pack it up and go home. And there's a significant amount of people who do think that.
0: Smod, oh smod, where art thou? Yes, right?
1: yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, I would say my own personal opinion, I-, I Maybe this is just the optimistic mom in me, but I would like to believe that we're headed for a revival. We just talked about what it's going to take if this isn't the end times mm-hmm. to get things back on track. I think it is going to take something big, but um, I think that I think that parents are going to lead that charge, at least here in America. I think that they've had enough over the last couple of years. I think that they are, you know, the the frustration, the pent up frustration and anger uh, that they have towards all of these authority figures, I think is is going to come out. Um, I'm hopeful anyway that that's going to be what it takes to lead us into where we need to be, um, which is extreme forms of federalism, you know, states, I think, factoring off into their own uh, California and New York. You hear Democrats all the time. You hear the left say so frequently um, that they would be better off if the red states weren't just sucking away all of their tax money and all of their, you know, whatever. Great. I think that they should go and be their own states. I think that you know we should uh, embrace states' rights. Couldn't and, agree more. Yeah, just like you guys go into yep. your failing areas, and uh, we will continue to do business as usual, and we'll just see who thrives. But I do think that it is going to be part of a part of a revival, and only the strong shall survive.
0: You know, Todd, if if we are going to, as we get to the end of the conversation, we're got about three minutes left. If we are going to have some optimism, looking at all these existential questions, it is true what we pointed out earlier, and Sarah just reiterated it that we are digging a historically deep hole. Mm -hmm. I mean, when you start questioning fundamentals of nature to the point of what is a woman that we are digging an unprecedented hole for ourselves civilizationally, but you know, it's also unprecedented. It is unprecedented. Even in our diminishing state, most Americans still do not consider themselves to be godless or secular. It is also unprecedented to see a culture with this much of, of a group of faithful and who also happen to be very well armed to face this kind of a threat at the exact same time. That's not something mm-hmm. we typically see. What you saw in Western Europe is they took the guns away and the churches just voluntarily completely abrogated their their place in the culture. and so And then once they were well-groomed by secularism, Then they gave themselves totally over to the Spirit of the Age. We're going to see something in this country that's not been seen before. They're going to attempt to go to their end game here, the Spirit of the Ages, while there is still quite a a robust remnant in America who does
2: also own about 200 million weapons. That's why uh, I don't know for certain whether it's going to be revival or dystopia, but I do know it won't just be the same, because as we talked about actually last night casually uh, after the show— that, that that creepy video of that guy, that cop who may or may not want to be there, but he's like, you didn't do anything wrong, but I need to see all your guns. Yeah. Okay, well, we are this close then, because of all this pronoun madness from them knocking on it. Well, you may or may not have done something wrong, but we need to talk to your kid to see because of what that crazy t. And these, if these, if these police officers, these sheriffs, if the military continues to march like this, um, it's there's going to be blood in the streets one way or the other. So we can't stay. It could get worse, but we can't stay where we are. It, it is tipping point time if they continue to push us that far.
0: Aaron, you get the
3: last word. Yeah, no, the trajectory is is such that uh, Todd is correct. I mean, this is not, this can, cannot, this cannot end well, minus... Uh, Revival, So uh, I, I think these results are pretty accurate. Now would usually be the time when I'd say something like, hey, run this poll again when we have a Republican in the White House. I'm going to give everyone the benefit of the doubt here just because of what we talked about in the, the first issue about it. are we living in the end times and the pent up angst and the uh, unprecedented uh, times that we're living in. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give people the benefit of the doubt with uh, I think the plurality saying uh, we're going to be better or worse off in, in 2040. So, Sarah, what would you think of our
0: roundtable?
1: I, I you, thought it was great. Yeah. yeah, yeah, not, yeah. Your,
3: not your typical conversation.
0: You have no. to have a deep, probing, uh, philosophical conversation where we contemplate how many different ways our society will end in our <laughs> lifetimes.
1: Yeah? I, yeah, I'm not. Thank I, God it's Friday. I am TGIF. not being, feeling uh, super optimistic, but that's okay.
0: All right, so we will see you here in a couple of hours uh, for the News and Why It Matters. We're going to see the rest of you here in just a few minutes for hour number two of the show, and it will be Feedback Friday, so you take over uh, the agenda. You're going to determine what we're going to talk about here next. All right, we're back with our final hour here, both on a Friday and from the Blaze TV studios here on our trip. Why did we come down here? Well, you know, we wanted to get to someplace warm. (laughs) That's why. No, that's why we come down here in January. That's not why we came down here in July. We had to take glamour shots uh, while we were down here. All three of us did. And I want to make sure America knows, while we are stretching the boundaries of definitions, you know, everything from law to border to child to male and female, we absolutely and proudly, in fact, the three of us yesterday absolutely stretched the boundaries of glamor and i mean whatever is the loosest possible definition that you would associate with that term i gentlemen i i'm fairly confident we hit that threshold nailed it stuck that landing now what was do you guys remember i had i had one requirement of the uh the costume i'm sorry um uh the the makeup and uh wardrobe wardrobe people here i misspoke my apologies uh here at the blaze i had one requirement do you guys remember what it was I no. cannot. Yeah. Don't make it gay. All right. The three of us were down here together doing a doing a, a shoot. And I just that was my only requirement was don't make it gay. All right. Just don't make it gay. Sure enough. We danced around it. Sure enough, man. First thing that happens when they put the three of us together is they have you over <laughs> here next to me. <laughs> Yeah, they're playing that music, first of all. Literally, that's Lindsey Graham's, you know, a grinder tape. Okay? someone
3: say gay?
0: Yeah, literally <laughs> Lindsey Graham's grinder tape is going on. I said to our president, Gaston, I'm like, what is with this music? He's like, well, we just think it sets the mood. I'm like, what mood are we <laughs> going yeah. for here? What mood? All right. That's not how we set the mood in Iowa, at least not the parts of it where I live anyway. Y'all are a little uh, quirky down here in, uh, in Dallas. But... They 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 do a shot with the three of us, and they tell you because you're wearing like a jean jacket, right? If I yeah. remember right, okay. And they're like, all right, so they got like poses that they want these guys to do, you little know.
2: Kevin Bacon moment they were yep. going for, I yep. think. And, yeah. And they yeah. were
0: going for the thing, but you're like off to the side, and dude, I gotta say, man, you were into that. I mean, you gave no. you gave, yes, no, you no, were. You're, Aaron, did he not? No.
2: He gave that pose. No, no all, see, there not, was even, no, a, you're, there doing, even hey, you're doing you're doing the text. thing you insisted. <laughs> Don't do here's, right
3: now. Here's a text I sent to my wife last night, recapping her I on saw this. a
0: smolder. I want America to know I saw I, a
3: smolder. I said, Todd, where is it? I said something to the effect of Todd was definitely the most into this. He was, man. Yeah. He was. I can see. I can see now. I can see
0: how you roped Jill, Jill in. There was a smolder there. I noticed a smolder, but when, they, when the shot came up, I, I looked at him, and I told him, we are not using that. That, that shot is way gay. Not even a little gay. It is way gay. We cannot use that shot. I hate you. <laughs> Aaron, true or false, Todd gave us a smolder yesterday. A little bit. Yeah, there was Got a smolder. Got that jean
3: jacket on. Yeah, and the flip up, a
0: little yeah. smolder. Yeah, I'm feeling
3: you. Actually, I probably should have Todd said that in this conversation. So he's going to murder us.
0: Yes. Yeah, I just might have hurt myself with that. Let's tell you about our friends over at Patriot Mobile right now uh, because- Uh, You don't have too many options to do business with people who hate you, like Todd. He works for somebody who hates him. Uh, But uh, you uh, have an opportunity, at least with your mobile phone, which is something we all need to use these days, especially when we're sharing our smoldering looks with our significant other, like Todd was yesterday. Uh, You can make the switch now. You don't have to give money to people who hate you. Do you like this? Is this going well?
2: Is it going well? I'm I'm plotting your demise. All right,
0: Good. Uh, Well, Patriot Mobile is plotting the demise of a lot of big tech and uh, big mobile because they use all the same towers that everybody else does. So you're not going to sacrifice any coverage unless you're in like there are a couple of remote areas like in the mountains where you're already probably struggling with coverage. Uh, And if you've uh, if you've served the country as a veteran or first responder, they give you more savings if you make the switch for the rest of us. We can make the switch today to a company that will then use its profits to advance the beliefs we believe in not try to do to them what Todd would right now like to do to me, okay? So go to patriotmobile.com slash Steve. That's patriotmobile.com slash Steve, or you can call them at 972-PATRIOT. Again, that's 972-PATRIOT. Don't forget, you can email the show, steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook, MeWe, Parlor and Gab. You can follow us at Steve Dace Show on Twitter, Getter, TikTok, and Instagram. And then look for uh, Real Steve Dace on Truth Social. Again, that's Real at Real Steve Dace on Truth Social. Our colleague Daniel Horowitz, who just got banned from Twitter, said hey, they finally was able to get on Truth Social. Can you give me a boost and share my account? And I said I'm happy to, but I'm pretty sure. I am shadow banned on Truth Social because I've added literally like 10 followers in like two months or something. So I, I I might be the only person in America simultaneously shadow banned on Truth Social and Big Tech in Silicon Valley. I'm not sure what that says, but I'm gonna take it as a compliment, yeah, I guess. Maybe right? if
2: you looked better in photo shoots like me, it would help. If I had a
0: smolder, do <laughs> you think I should, give a, I should send a no. smolder? You know, I'm gonna post a smolder later today just for Truth Social and see if that picks up our traffic. Better yet, I should post Todd's smolder, maybe. I think that's a good idea. I think I should post Todd's smolder at uh, Real Steve Dace on Truth Social. All right, let's get to Feedback Friday. Don't forget, by the way, if you listen via the podcast, thank you very much. I, I looked again yesterday. I think yesterday we might have had our highest podcast rating yet. So... We just appreciate it so much. You guys are really the biggest part of our success because without you, we'd just be talking to ourselves, right? So thank you so much. If you are a podcast listener, please leave us a five-star review. And if you've got a question that you would like us to consider for a future Ask Me Anything, embed that question in your five-star review, and you'll go to the front of the line for consideration for the next Ask Me Anything. Thanks to all of you that have submitted five-star reviews. Or hit the subscribe and follow button for us. We greatly appreciate you. You guys ready to go? You bet? I know Todd is ready for us to change the subject, so let's, you know, they'll let's... all be
2: better questions than the <laughs> one you were just entertaining. <laughs> uh, Sean Thurston says,
0: "I am the emergency room RN that notifies you guys of weird and random things that I have been noticing uh, in our patients, particularly women between the ages of 20 and 40." I was working overnight the other night in a medical observation unit. Uh, This unit is a go-between being cleared from emergency status to full-on admission of the hospital, so like a holding area. Patients that come in are usually here for no more than 48 hours. This unit has 28 beds, and something very abnormal was occurring the other night. We have six patients that are on heparin drips for abnormal clotting in multiple parts of the body other than the heart. I'm sure you can figure out that heparin is a medication that busts up blood clots. There is a lot going on with clotting and clot prevention, and this is a trend that I have seen for about the past month between being here and seeing patients in my clinical rotations as a nurse practitioner student. I've had a lot of patients following up at the primary care office after a hospital admission where they had blood clots and were on heparin drips. This is on top of the multiple menstrual irregularities that women are facing. Just wanted to give you guys a little bit of uh, a bird's eye view into what we're seeing on the clinical side. Thanks for everything you guys do. I'm a daily listener. Thoughts other than you bastards? That's my thought.
2: Yeah, yet another story where there are zero consequences when people in healthcare should be in cuffs and in jail right now for leading us to this point the, the 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 evidence is absolutely i mean i just got a a just a couple days ago a, a misleading uh warning on twitter for pointing out this kind of thing we're, we're, the cult is still fighting back while another what did you see that football player uh former notre dame yeah. tight end just 35 no. years old I don't he he had like one year with the Broncos I think or something like that but just went out jogging dead. Uh the, these stories are every single day now but as you regularly point out uh, you know it's just the summer clotting season is apparently the narrative yeah. we're actually going yes. with.
0: Yeah, you slept wrong, it's yeah. too hot and it's a brutal sudden to death uh, sudden adult death syndrome season so do please mask up Aaron.
3: Yeah every single again i just want to reiterate this point because i think it helps us think about these fiends the way that they really need to be thought of modern medicine is not really modern modern and it's not medicine but more closely resembles an amazonian witch doctor take this inca- uh, say this incantation take this jab uh drink this potion uh eat this uh, concoction we're not really you know, this has been uh, known for several years now. This has been known for several years now. Uh, you know, uh, we're, we're we're doing sick care. You know, not health care. Amen. Uh, of course. Yep. But I think that doesn't do it good enough justice. The people running uh, medicine in this country and and the rest of the West, they are more akin to witch doctors from yesteryear than they are anything modern or medicine.
0: We just received this note a moment ago from someone named Giant Leap. In case none of your other female fans request it, I would love a PG-rated smoldering Dace show calendar with you guys, particularly in an 80s theme. No. Thoughts? No. No? Not happening?
2: You just made it that thing again. Did I
0: make it awkward? (laughs) Um, Edward Hall wants to know, what about Novavax? So... Here's what I can tell you about Novavax. Um, The European Union bought like a billion doses of Novavax a year ago and then just kind of kept it on the shelf and pushed the mRNAs instead. Novavax is more of a traditional inert... No, I'm sorry. It is more of a traditional vaccine delivery system. It does not use messenger RNA. However, it does still use the spike protein methodology. All right? So it's not mRNA. It is the, But it does still use the spike protein methodology. I don't know enough about it, about how it delivers and transmits that spike protein throughout the body like the mRNAs do with the lipid uh, nanoparticles. I don't know enough about it, if it uses that particular form of transmission throughout your body or not. Uh, you should also know that uh, it was finally approved by the FDA and CDC, as you pointed out, Edward. Uh, it's also from the Gates Foundation. You should also know that. Okay. Now, it, it could also be that people like Garrett VandenBosch were working on it at the Gates Foundation. You know, so I, I wouldn't, you know, if, if Bill Gates told me that chocolate, he liked chocolate chip cookie dough a lot, I wouldn't suddenly uh, change my mind that chocolate chip cookie dough should be its own food group, right? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say yes to something automatically or no to something automatically on the basis of who may or may not agree with me on an isolated or outlier issue because I'm not six, okay? But I do think, based on what we've seen out of Bill Gates here the last 28 months, that that should be at least part of your vetting or decision-making process. Is that at least fair? Oh, yeah. Um, And you're still dealing with – I've not seen any real safety data from them. Um, In fact, I've seen more safety data from Moderna and Pfizer court-ordered than what I've seen out of Novavax. You're still, doing, you're still dealing with the risk ratio and that overall um, you have still pretty low risk, particularly if you're unvaccinated right now uh, to COVID. Uh, I would assume Novavax is also for the original strain of COVID, which brings us even back to the question of injecting a biologically inferior product do we then create antibody dependent enhancement via a leaky vaccine which we already saw with the current ones okay so the best i can say right now about novavax is you will not get the double whammy the double whammy that you get for the mrnas where you get both that experimental technology and also the lipid nanoparticle transmitted spike protein right at least with novavax you only are there's only one bullet in the russian roulette gun all right, so you've got a fighting chance at the deer hunter table. I guess is the best thing I can say about it right now, based on the research that I have done. So,
3: up until you said it was a Gates Foundation thing, I was going to say the fact that this has been slow rolled by every Western government, right. probably means it's actually effective. Now, I'm not sure. I'm not right. sure whether it's actually effective or really, really bad in that case. You,
0: one could make the argument. Up until the point you heard it was from the Gates Foundation, one could make the argument because we've seen this kind of behavior, have we not, that they purposefully slow-rolled this one in order to promote Pfizer and, to a lesser degree, Moderna. At the very least, the timetable seems squirrely, right? I mean, we have to approve these things so fast that we got to put them in your babies. But the EU bought... I mean, we were talking about Novavax, like, last summer when we started first seeing some of the uh, the, the side effect data and, and when it was clear that these were either contributing to Delta or were not going to stop the spread of Delta, we were talking about Novavax. That was last summer, a year ago at this time. It was a year ago at this time that the EU bought over a billion doses of this. I mean, what? This is, this is the most important health emergency of all time. You, why didn't we rush the Novavax product like we rushed all the other ones? I think that's a very valid question, right? Yeah. But then you do have to counterman that to some degree with, it does come from the Gates Foundation. So,
2: Is Edward, is this? Yes. If you are relatively young and have some comorbidities, I perhaps understand the nature of this question. But even if you're, like, over the age of 70 and healthy, and certainly if you're any age under that and healthy and you're asking this question, forget Novavax. You I don't know if you saw the news that came out today because Tom Cruise is all over about the interview he had with Matt Lauer, Lauer about 20, oh, way back in the about day about antidepressants. antidepressants but yeah. it's just coming out now that basically they're mis- admitting that a lot of these antidepressants have always been almost minimal, if no efficacy. We gotta stop. They're constantly believing this is—we've been seduced. As uh, uh, first world fans of medicine that as Aaron said, is more closely aligned with the witchcraft, We always need a pill. There's always a pill for something. There's always a shot for something. You've got to walk away from that. Uh, the, the, this thing, Novavax is is really n- not the point at all. It's distracting you from the honestly, the trance we are under as people that b- believing we have really, solved uh we have utopianized health they keep making us believe that so they we we keep keep taking more and more substandard things that are actually destroying our minds and our immune system walk away from it this was a bad flu haiti's doing just fine with this thing and they're five percent vaccinated walk away and think about everything differently
0: uh, let's before we continue on Feedback Friday a reminder I never leave home without them uh, I did bring my built bars you guys are witnesses I had, I had uh, one of my built bars before the show for my morning snack right of course uh, the absolute greatest protein bar of all time I took if Glenn is watching you're going to be down a built bar or two because I took uh, Daniel Horowitz yesterday into your dressing room here and let him sample a couple of those rocky roads and because Daniel's the ultimate test right if they're if there is something to be found about something that needs to be confronted, if there is a shibboleth of some kind that needs to be desecrated before us, uh, Daniel is your man uh, to sniff that thing out and put it down in a very, in very, in a very public view. So, I will follow up with him over the weekend to see what he thought about Built Bar, and if I can even get a not bad. If I can even get a not bad, that's for a win. Him, Yeah, I mean they'll do. They're okay. That's a win, folks. I mean, that is effusive praise. From the profit of what and If he does that, they
2: may bump you as their number one that's, spokesperson. That's just to face if, Daniel's yes. face, not bad. That's if, like, I can, whoa.
0: if I can get it. Dude, that's the next Built Bar campaign. A shrug from Horowitz. Yeah. Yeah, not bad. Okay. <laughs> that's that I mean, I would would run with that if I was Built Bar. All right. So, you know, my my endorsement's a little more enthusiastic. I think they're fantastic. If you want to find out if they're Daniel, okay. Or Steve Dace, fantastic. Uh, You can get 15% off right now with the promo code Dace when you go to built.com for Built Bar. Promo code Dace, D-E-A-C-E. So many great flavors to choose from, all of them covered in real chocolate, loaded with protein but not packed and loaded with the carbs, the calories, and the grams of sugar you're trying to avoid. 15% off. They are a great substitute if, like me, you're trying to drop your last 30, 40 pounds of weight as I'm trying to do right now. And you have an insatiable sweet tooth as I do, perfect substitute, man. These things will they'll fix that, Joan. They're your doctor feel good, I promise you. Promo code DACE for 15% off at built.com for built bar. Mark has a question we will not answer because all of the answers to this are troubling. I'm just going to ask his question and then we will move on. How safe is our long term blood supply? if we allow clot shot folks to donate their blood loaded with the spike protein. And because last hour where we openly discussed, are we living in the end times was existentially banger enough. We are not even going to contemplate answering that question. And we are just going to
2: just let you marinate it for the yeah, weekend. We're just, go- we're just going to move on. You're welcome America. That
0: one. Yes. Yeah. 15% off your built bars <laughs> at built.com. <laughs> All right, to drown your sorrows. Um, Mary Black says, I know you are a results guy, so I have a question. Even though Trump may have done good things, given how unwilling he was to reign in Burks, would you ever like him elected again? You spent a lot of your time, a lot of time in recently devoted to exposing the COVID farce of the last two plus years. Personally, I would not vote for him again based just on COVID. Asking him who his public health team would be, I think, I don't think would would matter all that much, only because there was a lot of turnover in staff during his term with him just unwilling to deal at times with those issues. And bluntly, I've gotten to the point, I just don't trust any of them. Well, let's start with that, okay? Good. Good. That's a good, that is a good place to be. If you are hardcore MAGA, don't be the MAGA version of the, uh, the, the blue check mark person, corporations are bad and they're terrible and they're greedy and they're fascist. But I will inject everything into my body that they advertise with no transparent testing results that I can view uh, unless I sue in a federal court to break a 55-year seal first. Don't do that. You see what I'm saying? Preparations are terrible and they're bad, but I will be their ever-loving lab rat for all of eternity. Inject it straight into my ovaries, please. Don't don't do that. What's the MAGA version of that? Drain the swamp. They're all terrible. Whatever Trump says, though, is great and gospel and can never be wrong. That's the MAGA version of that. Fair? Yes. It is. Okay? That's the MAGA version of that. Now, I'm cool with giving your boy benefit of the doubt because— probably earned that to some degree and we can all debate with each other to what degree he has earned it but I'm totally fine if you're like you know Dace I'm I'm, going to go check it from Trump's perspective before I buy into your rant the other day I'm totally okay with that totally okay with that but don't be the blue check mark MAGA version of they're terrible line them all up drain the swamp lock them all up not just her and all their pronouns but I just I just refuse to accept that Donald Trump made any mistakes don't do that OK, that you're not you're not you're not opposing the blue checkmark crowd. You guys are just two sides of the same coin. You're just dueling cults. Don't do that. OK, so I love the fact that you're starting with suspicion. This is absolutely an era for suspicion. No question. Here is and I'm just going to speak for me. And you guys are welcome to your own opinions and you're all welcome to your own opinions. This is the Trump conundrum for me. The Trump conundrum for me is that there are efforts of his presidency that are deeply meaningful to me on a personal level and meaningful to us on a societal level that he was historically good. And and yes, I understand it's in comparison to a bunch of other Republicans who sucked, but it was funny. We didn't sit around debating each other all that. I mean, I did. I didn't want to vote for Mitt Romney or John McCain, so I did not. But there wasn't the division over voting for them like there was for for Donald Trump, right? Right. Okay, so yes, it's true that it's historically good because the history was bad, but that also means it's still true that it was historically good. And is there a guarantee right now? Can you say right now that short of a list including Ron DeSantis, do you have a guarantee right now that what else is out there potentially would be historically better? No, you don't. DeSantis has a record. I mean, I, have a, I'm, I, I went off on TED this morning over Ukraine, but I still trust his worldview and intellect about as much as anybody's in most cases. But he has no resume of governance, right? So with him, it's all projecting. You're, you're, you're projecting what skills and, and ideology he brings to the table and then what he could do with it. We don't know practically. We don't have a resume there, right? Mm-hmm. Where Thron DeSantis, you do. You have a resume and, and, and not in some insignificant, inconsequential state. But but arguably, strategically, the most important state politically in the union. After him, what's who's next? Who's your? Yeah, I'm pretty confident. If I went with them, they'd do better than Trump. I, I, guys, I'm 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 shadow banned on Truth Social, guys. Okay, I can't come up with a second name other than Ron DeSantis of someone that I would know for sure. I like our governor a lot, but we also did a lot of the 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 heavy lifting in this state before she went into office. That's not to deteriorate from the job she's done. She has done a phenomenal job. But, but DeSantis had to move the fulcrum of his state as he governed, right? What Kim needed to do was recognize what time it was and govern according to where we moved the fulcrum of the state before she got yes. into office. That's what she did. And credit to her for doing that. But it is not the same as DeSantis saying, I'm going to literally move the political culture of my state to where I am currently governing from. That's what he did. And I don't. we don't have anyone else that we can say can do that. And so I'm not, despite all the things he does that annoys the hell out of me, although I must confess yesterday's fake press release from him I was really hoping was true because it might have been the greatest press release of all time. It's the one we read on the show. Yes. Um, I'm, not easy, I'm not willing to say, despite how much he annoys me a lot, yeah, let's just throw that guy out. Because it's not a long line, you know, of of people who take away the things about Trump that annoy me, but then will do the things that he does that I like. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And I'd much rather be annoyed by Trump while he's doing the things that I like than have Mr. Nice Guy not do any of the things that I like. So he was historically good on the life issue. That's not even arguable unless you're an idolater like Russell Moore. That's not even arguable. He was historically good on immigration, even while still not really accomplishing his ultimate political promise of the wall. He was his... You cannot argue with the data of what was going on at the border when he was in office compared to what is going on right now. He was historically good on energy. We became energy independent for the first time as a nation in my lifetime. And And now, you know... Joe is licking the boots of the Saudis and we can't get them to pump more oil. He was historically good on foreign policy. Joe was just licking the boots of the Saudis, as I just mentioned. Trump was presiding over Israeli-Saudi relations. Stop and think about that. If you're a Gen X or boomer, that's our generation, Gen X or boomer, our parents, I mean, drop in the DeLorean, brother, and and say, hey, man, you're going to live in a day and age... Where and the, and like the right wing prime minister of Israel, like the right wing one, Netanyahu, and the uh, the the House of Saud man, they're going to be totally chill. Does that just you just just even saying that out loud sounds odd? Yes. Yet that was the world we lived in when he was president prior to COVID. So, just as we have to wrestle with his historical failure with COVID, cosmic level of failure, nothing. Was successful, everything failed, everything failed, and put us in the position we are today. We also have to then reconcile the fact that the reason we're lamenting those things is because his historical successes prior to that gave us things to be wistful and lamentful about losing. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. We're only lamentful and wistful about losing energy independence because his administration did it. We're only lamentful and wistful about having a more secure border. Because his generation did it. We're only lamentful and wistful about a a, a foreign policy that just seemed unachievable most of our lifetimes because his administration did that.
3: He is in many ways the plumb line for what we're looking for in a a candidate now. And if you would have told us that five, six, seven years ago, wouldn't have believed you.
0: You told me that in 2017, I wouldn't have believed
3: you. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that is five years ago now, though. You're right. yeah. Yeah. And so...
0: I, again just speaking for myself, I'm I have I have I'm wrestling through all of those things. And and one of the things that I frankly love about DeSantis is I think he saves me from having to wrestle through those things. Again, if I'm just being as brutally honest as I could possibly be, I think he saves me from having to wrestle with those things anymore. Right? And I don't think I have to get up in the morning before I do my show and think about what stupid thing was said that has no bearing on anything that's a stupid axe to grind doesn't do anything for anybody's life, but I will be expected to comment on today. As opposed to, I think with Ron, it's like, oh man, that guy dropped too many Moabs. Pull him back a little bit. But that's just, that's me. That's that's me as a voter who will have these guys in my backyard here, you know, any minute now. That's me, you know, working my own thought process through the process. I cannot blame you if if Donald Trump's failure with COVID was so cosmically bad that you're like, not unless you are the nominee against the communist, I cannot do it again. I, I can't blame you for that. And I also cannot blame you if you are like, yeah, but all those other things you said too, which is why I'm anxious to run it back. Because both these things, as is often the case with Trump, both of these narratives are simultaneously true. We'll come back. More Feedback Friday here in just a moment. So my Eden Pure purifier, air purifier, has stood up to a sweaty teenage son in the midst of football offseason workouts and a bunch of sweaty middle-aged men in the midst of the monthly poker game. So if you can stand up to those things, man, I don't know what's going on in your home, but you might consider you have deeper issues if you've got more... Um, Smell tastic problems than that, right? And so the cool thing about these is they are filterless, so you won't have to change those out and then replace them and pay that out of pocket expense uh, into time uh, in memoriam. Uh, they come in packs of three, uh, and that's why when I tell you you're going to save 200 bucks and get uh, all three units for less than 200 bucks, remember you're getting three units, not one, three. All three units for less than 200 bucks right now for clean, fresh air, and you can get it at EdenPureDeals.com. Uh, Again, go to EdenPureDeals.com and use the discount code Steve3, as in the pack of three. Use the discount code Steve3 right now uh, to get this deal. Get all three for under $200. That's $200 in savings. A three-pack for whole home protection. Smoke, dirty diapers, your poker buddies, your sweaty teenage son, your own um, flatulence. Whatever the case is in your home. Uh, it, this thing can handle it for sure. Uh, again, edenpuredeals.com use the discount code Steve3 uh, to get the three units for under for under 200 bucks. All right, this as we get back to Feedback Friday, this comes from Seth, good biblical name there, so it's appropriate given his question. Seth wants to know what are some questions you would ask or things you would look for to figure out if a pastor quote knows what time it is. Here is the, here's the first and maybe only piece of advice I would give you. Do not ask questions. Listen to the messages. Pretty much every church these days will put its messages online or in a podcast. Go listen to the messages. Here's the other thing I would look for. If, there is, if there's an index of those messages... When was the is there any place ever? You know, podcasting and stuff's been pretty much the the norm for what would you say about 10 years for churches and listing yeah. and stuff. So yep. yeah, like good 10 years of data, right? All right. Go back, and that's Steve. Do I I don't have time to do this? This is a church, man. This is where you're going to entrust the 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 the, the care for your soul. The discipleship for your family. So yeah, you got time, okay? If you've got time to hold your cell phone light up to Phil Steele's three-point Sanskrit writing, because that's what he writes his magazine out in, at least that's how I have to read it. If you got time to do that, you got time to scroll through several years of of your churches or the church you're looking at's messages and see when was the last time, if ever, they did something on the book of Romans. Because Romans to me, man, is the ultimate litmus test. You cannot water Romans down. It's impossible. It's like it's it you it, you, you can't water down a Mike Tyson punch. And that's what Romans is. So have they ever done it? And then if they did, listen to it. Because that's where you're going to find out who is intellectually really serious about this. So I, I would listen to their messages, not ask questions. I would I would listen to what it is they taught from the pulpit when the only prompting they were supposedly getting was from the Holy Spirit and not from you asking them questions. That's what I would do. You guys want to add anything to that?
2: I would just—that's obvious and and well said. I would say that uh, hanging around uh the the social hall for you know donuts after mass or something like that I, immerse yourself in that for like a month and talk to lots of different people and if it is you, you'll find out pretty fast even even if you've never personally talked with the pastor even if you've only listened for 4 months of sermons uh and never done anything like Steve you'll you'll know pretty quick if you add on the value added of talking to people are uh, is it just flowery unicorns? Is it all social justice? Hear from them. That I think that'll be helpful as well. Because if you are getting the red meat of the gospel on oh, a regular a basis, you're going it to have an entirely the different conversation happening there. you have you bet with it people. Does.
0: That's great stuff, man. That's a good point, too. Yeah.
3: This is hard to decipher sometimes, I think. But try to determine if he is terrified of commenting about political issues. Now, you don't want a pastor that that's like... of what they do even uh, much less 50%. But you need to know that they have an eye on the culture, the eye on the outside world uh, with a, with a posture of watching over their flock for the, for the purpose of watching over their flock. Are they terrified of comment commenting even from the pulpit on political issues as it's appropriate? That's hard uh, if you're not in there or you're just sampling messages to kind of discern but I'd say these days that's definitely. Whereas twenty yeah. years ago, not really a big deal. Uh, but these days you need to know that. Yeah.
2: If he if he says uh I don't want to get poli- political. I don't like getting political. Nope. He may as well be saying Jonah Hill. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I want to worship ball because yeah. it's just so hmm. incongruent with the times we live in.
0: Yeah. I. I. To me, getting political is you become Robert Jeffress, right? You yes. Just, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's getting political. Uh, confronting the issues that the spirit of the age has a loaded weapon pointed at you and your family's head with is not getting political. That's your moral obligation. Yes. Yep. That's your duty, your solemn calling. All right. This is from Jacob Nado. I think that's how it's pronounced. Martinado, I think it is. All right. Here we go. I wanted to share a silver lining in the dark cloud that's been the last two years. A woman started coming to my church Her old church was more than happy to shut down, mask up, stymie the gospel. She finally got fed up and wanted to get back to worshiping with the saints in person. She started coming in December of 2020. We began dating in March of 2021. And as of April 23rd, 2022, we are officially married. This is the woman of my dreams and an answer to my prayers. Funny enough, if there were no COVID, I likely would not have met her, as there wasn't really a chance of our church circles ever colliding. This is another reminder that what man intended for evil, God has used for good in his purposes in heavenly kingdom, always end up advancing. Amen. Changing speeds, I wanted to tell you about how seriously I've been taking this year's slow shogun. Or, try that one. and uh, Slow word of, shogun. Yeah. I'm, you know what? You sh- it's your smolder. I'm distracted. Uh, taking this
2: year's show slogan. My wife texted, you have a smolder?
0: <laughs> nice. Uh, let's find out. Since 2018, I've been working in sales for a successful financial services company, and my prospects were growing brighter by the day until COVID hit. When the vaccine mandates began to ramp up in Canada, I was told directly by my superiors that I would have no future at the firm if I didn't take the jab. They were very clear that there would be no mandate from their end, and they wouldn't fire me, but all the plans they had for me to advance would be immediately halted. In effect, it was a career freeze. That wasn't good enough for me, and there was no way I was going to be coerced into taking this, so I said, let's find out. And began to seek out other opportunities. In God's providence, an elder at my church introduced me to a Christian family's investment office. Following a lengthy interview process, I joined that firm in May. Not only is my new firm openly Christian and standing firmly against COVID stand in every way, but the company founder is an elder at a solid church that also resisted the closures back in 2020. Leaving my old company turned out to be a blessing. I'm far more aligned with the firm and work that I do now. But even more than that, the entire experience was a demonstration of God's faithfulness to provide. Crazy how it all started by being backed into a corner. Let me translate this. By being made uncomfortable. By being made uncomfortable. I got to tell you, I've been open about my past and, you know, I grew up in an abusive home. But it wasn't abusive all the time. I've said that too. There were times my old man was a great dad. There are times that Dave was a great dad. Dave absolutely deserves some of the credit for the man I became and, and the work ethic that I have. He helped instill that in me. He had real red potential. You and I were talking about this yeah, the other day. Yeah. Dave had real red potential, if you know that 70s show. okay. If, if it just weren't for his own demons that he just had inherited from his father and never confronted. But there were absolutely valuable life lessons there, and one of them I've quoted before that he taught me. Son, the reason there was so much bravery at the Alamo is there was no back door. If there was an escape hatch, they all would have looked at each other and said, you know, he who fights and runs away lives to fight another day. (laughs) Dunkirk! Without even knowing what that was, right? But there was no trap door. There was no way out. So they had to make a heroic stand that we still honor to this very day. There wasn't a way out. And that's what you're saying here, Jacob. I had to come to grips with the fact there was no way out. So I had, to, I had to make my stand. Here I stand. I can do no more. May God have mercy on my soul. My answer is no. I'm cornered. And he says, hey, it's funny how all this started because we were backed into a corner. You quoted from Joseph earlier. When his, his older brothers, they fear him now that he is essentially the prefect of Egypt. He's the right hand of the Pharaoh. And now they fear him because of what they did to him in his youth. They sold him into slavery. But instead, he puts his arms around them and says, "What you meant for evil, God used for good. If if you had not treated me this way, it would not have put me in the situation that God would have worked out my life to the point that I would now be here, the right hand of the Pharaoh, and able through this great famine, save God's people through the Egyptians including you, my brothers. That's what you're saying. Jacob goes on to say, keep up the great work. I know I'm not the only listener up here in Canada, but I'll speak for all of us when I say that your show has been a constant ray of light, especially in our darkest days. Thank you, brother. Really appreciate that. And you know what? Let me tell you, though, you you just provided us the ray of light. I mean, you let us inspire you, and then you acted on it. And... That's at least at least as encouraging to us as we have been to you. At least as encouraging, if not more so. Um, I think I got through the live reads today, right? We're all done? I think I got through them all. Yeah. Okay. Yep, all right. you did. All right, let's continue on. We'll power through. I am a newer Christian. I came to know Christ when I was 33, and I'm 41 now. And after that initial rush of wanting to know everything about my new faith, like a lot of people, I hit the, okay, now what do I do phase? I was raised in Christian science. For those of you that don't know what that means, comes from a woman, I think it's a Marian Wright Edelman. Was that her name? The founder of it, I believe. And basically taught modern things and technologies like medicines and stuff like that. You don't need them, all right? So you maybe have seen things like um, on shows like uh, uh, the Law and Order shows and people, I didn't want to give my kid medicine because my religion tells me not to and the kid died and so should I be tried for murder? Maybe you've seen some of those. There's more to it than that, but that's primarily how Christian scientists are, what they're primarily known for. I was raised in Christian science, so the Bible wasn't a total mystery to me, but now I can see how they just cherry-picked the biblical lessons that were used within Christian scientism. My dad is still a practicing Christian scientist, and when we talk about religion, he will say things like, oh, it's Mary and Baker Eddie. Eddie." I'm sorry, I had the name wrong. He will say things like, Mary Baker Eddie says, quote, and I will say, that's fine, but then I'll come back with, what does the Bible say? My dad doesn't know. He only knows what Mary Baker Eddy's book says. And Christian Science puts her book at a high level of significance than the Bible. This is what Jehovah's Witnesses do. They have their own version of the Bible. It's called the New World Translation. And if you read through it, it's almost entirely word for word what's in the actual Bible, except they, ch- they change it to deny the divinity of Christ. They basically change the opening to the Gospel of John and a couple of other things to deny the divinity of Christ. And there's one small problem with it. The founder of the Jehovah's Witnesses, the uh, he admitted once in court under oath that he didn't know how to translate Hebrew and Greek. Other than that, fully qualified to author his his own Bible translation. So this is not uncommon. You have to you can only study the Bible at the Kingdom Hall of your Jehovah's Witnesses. Not not uncommon. Not uncommon. This is very common with cults. Um. Over the last few years, I've been able to surround myself with biblical men and even led an accountability group. I've really noticed that my desire for a deeper understanding of Christianity has been ignited. After listening to a recent show, I bought your new book, uh, Do What You Believe, to help further my knowledge and to use Todd's questions to challenge myself. I love that you guys are so biblically centered on the show, Um, and I appreciate the depth of understanding that all three of you have, and I'm a little jealous. Don't be. You have access to all the same knowledge that we do. Just have the act on the fervor that you have, man. That's all.
2: That's all we did. More than smart, we are stubborn. That too. That helps. That, so be, yeah. don't worry about the. Just be stubborn. Keep yeah. plugging away. Read the next thing and then the next thing and go at it.
0: Absolutely. Um, I say all this to ask if you have any recommendations for books on church history or history of Christianity, fundamentals of Christianity, etc., I read, I read the Bible currently as well, and I've been going book by book slowly, but I just feel like I'm missing something. Thank you for all that you do, and especially for what you have taught me. Here's my first piece of advice to you, is I would study the Bible first before I study books about the Bible. Study the Bible first before you study books about the Bible. It's not that I'm against books about the Bible. I have a library full of them at home.
2: But you know what a book about the Bible is? Mary Baker, or whatever. That's yeah, that's original. true. You're going right back to the original yeah, yeah, problem.
0: Y- yes, you can. Now, I, you and I would both agree, and I'm not, and I know you know this. I yes. just want to clarify this for the audience. City of God by Augustine. Isn't against heresies by Iranius? A little bit different than the Christian scientist musings of Mary Baker Eddy. Okay. Correct. But the point, larger point, still stands. All right, and that that is you're talking about. You want to develop a relationship. All right. That is one of the prime ways that the holy spirit will speak to you and you'll grow that relationship is by growing in knowledge of god's word. So study that before you study books about it. And don't worry if you don't get it all the time, man. The rest of your life you will go back and read things and, and you were like, "I how did I not catch that before?" That's the re- that's the supernatural relationship aspect of that book. Is it will it will continue to blow your mind for as long as you are of sound mind. All right? So, but I would, I would study that all the way through first. Even if, you know, even if your, your eyes glaze over during the begats and the Psalms are too long and you don't understand some of the references, let that marinate, let those seeds get planted first before you bring in human voices to then kind of clarify or add context of things for you later. Right? That's what I would suggest. But if you want a book, after you do that, I just mentioned it. I would actually start there. Because the most influential thinker in Christianity post-Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament, was Augustine. And even to this day, his, his um, hermeneutics and exegetical musings are still heavily influential in the church, what, about 1,500 years after he lived. So I would start there. I don't don't go to the church of Augustine cuz he didn't, okay? You know, don't you know put a, an Augustine avatar on your Facebook page. Don't do that, okay? But that's a good place to start because it'll give you some historical context to where a lot of applicable Christian teaching in the first especially 1000 years of the history of the church where a lot of that came from and it came from the it came from Augustine. So I would maybe start there, but I would do that after I studied the Bible all the way through. Gentlemen, We good? Good. Yeah, Dallas was great. Always it's great to come down here. We're going to go do Sarah Gonzalez's The News and Why It Matters and do overtime. Then we'll see the rest of you on Monday. Uh, Until then, John 317.